0: From Kyle, Texas, it's my dad, Marty Selden Reserve Coleman. And from West Orange, New Jersey, it's Casey the Beef Cregan. I'm Parker Coleman, and it's time for the show you've been waiting for a week, Sluggo.
1: They never call me Mr. Touchdown, and I could not hit the curve. Just a classical bench warmer, just a seldom use Reserve. If I could nail a jump shot. Somehow I hit the ball I could have been a real contender Not a, never was at all Somehow I keep from getting cut The only role I ever served Never got to be a starter Just a seldom use reserve Casey, how about that
2: little ditty from Mr. Judd Hare, who is on our Facebook group? He's one of us. How about that's,
0: that? That's unreal, man. A, a professional intro to this show.
2: Can you believe it? We're only 10 shows in, and we've got barbecue <laughs> sauce and a song.
0: We finally got, yeah, we finally have something professional on this show. It's really great, but that was awesome. Uh, thanks to Judd Hare for that, for the intro. Wow. It was tremendous.
2: Hey, a little something about Judd. He and I have been going back and forth on Facebook a little bit, even even prior to the last couple of days before I so nicely asked him to write a song for me. Boy, I don't, I don't take any liberties at all, do I? Um, he, we've been going back and forth because he was also born in Charleston like myself, um, but he grew up in Clemson. He went to D.W. Daniel High School and Clemson. Now, his dad, check this out. His dad was the director of the infirmary, which eventually became Redfern. And you know that um, I spent some time in Redfern because I fell out of the top bunk and broke my wrist one night after one too many. And his dad was the sports physician at Clemson. And when you talk about lifelong Clemson, this is past lifelong. His mom and dad are buried on Cemetery Hill near Frank Howard, and so will he be. Now wow. how's, that, how's that for a Clemson guy?
0: Yeah, well, no, we don't have anything on this guy. Absolutely not. Like he needs to just come take my mic.
2: <laughs> no doubt he's a he's a really good guy, really good music now. I know you're a little bit younger than me and you're into probably still in the music where they scream at you and you can't understand what they're saying. These days I'm more into the tell me a story. That's Judd Hare. I'll put you uh I'll put some some uh, a link in the show notes. So everybody can check out his work. He's on YouTube, but he says that's not his best work. It's on the Reverb Nation. So I'll put a link in the show notes for that.
0: That's hey, awesome. Hey, this this good stuff, too. And it's definitely singer-songwriter type stuff, too. It's great.
2: Yeah, Saturday, we were chatting back and forth on the old text. And I told you I was going to see uh, a movie with the wife. We were getting away. And, and God bless my wife who goes to war movies with me, right? And happily goes to war movies with me. But the actual show was The Outpost, which is Daniel Rodriguez's story. Obviously, the story's not about him necessarily, but about um, his group of fellows that were uh, the Battle of Camdesh, right? And I wanted to just mention this. So this is an upbeat show, and we're going to talk about college football in a minute, but I think it's important. You know, We saw uh, Daniel Rodriguez at Clemson. We saw the pilots that saved him uh, out on the field one day and it's very touching, but the story behind that is this battle, and it just wipes Mm -hmm. out. When you think you, you war is, sometimes war is glorified, this is a shocking movie, that there is no glorification in this movie of war, and it shows what it's really about. As a veteran, I just wanted to bring that up. I recommend everybody go see it. The one little interesting kind of funny part was when I leaned over to my wife and said that guy talks just like Daniel Rodriguez well it was Daniel Rodriguez moron (laughs) (laughs) he's actually in the movie so very interesting but eight U.S. soldiers died I just wanted to quickly say their name we'll move on to more fun stuff but as a veteran again I felt like I wanted to put these guys names out here because sometimes the ones that died are forgotten because the the ones that are receiving all the medals, you know, get a lot of recognition. But the eight folks that died that day Americans were Justin T. Gallegos, Christopher Griffin, Kevin C. Thompson, who I believe was Daniel Rodriguez's best friend, the one he promised to play college football for, Michael Scusa, who's from New Jersey, by the way, Vernon W. Martin, Stephen L. Mace, um, Joshua. Kirk, and Joshua Hart, H-A-R-D-T. So those eight guys are the ones who died. It's a great mo- movie. And as I was telling you and Locke's earlier, it is a um, very sobering thought when you have a 14-year-old son and you have stepsons that age and a younger son that they're not that far away from the age of these young men, most of them when they died.
0: Yeah, and fortunately and unfortunately, we knew the story a little bit, especially when Daniel Rodriguez was able to walk onto Clemson and, um, you know, he, he carried the flag on military day. And so a lot of those folks that heard his story because of the fandom to Clemson and we did know the story. And you, I think you were right with uh, Kevin Thompson being his, his best friend. But what a story. Uh, what a sad day. I'm glad you actually said the eight names because they do deserve their due. And, uh, but that's cool. That's cool that they, they did a, a, a movie on this story because it wasn't the best day. And it and we lost a lot of kids that day, as you say. And, uh, yeah, those are always tough. So I'm even struggling to, to talk about it because it, those are always tough.
2: It is tough. I, I thought I might, uh, might break up over it. My dad was, uh, in world war two and, um, he was injured, and he had Purple Hearts and all kinds of awards, but he always told me growing up that um, war is not glorious, um, so don't believe what you see in the in the movies, and that's always stuck with me my entire life. All right, now on to some better and more fun things to talk about. Casey, I'm going to let you introduce our guest this week because you know him much more than I do because I don't know him at all besides <laughs> Lox.
0: Yeah, so uh, joining us this week is my co-host on the Chop and Beef Show, but also a guy that uh, – funny little back story before I, before I welcome him in. He it goes by the name of Lox now because back maybe five years ago, he liked to gamble with my money and never got any picks right. Never, not a single one. But after you know a couple adult beverages, we would I would buy in hook, line, and sinker to him. He'd be like, "Dude, it's a lock." So I would always bet it lose. He was gambling with my money anyway. So I had him on my show back a couple years ago, and he started hitting. I'm talking to the to the clip of like 63% win percentage, which is better than almost professional gamblers. So then. I had him on as a joke so that he would continue to lose, but the guy started doing research and everything and and he's been winning. So I'm bringing him here. This is my doing to bring him here to kind of give a little professionalism and some credence to our picks and our show. So we're going to have him here when we're doing our preseason picks. Uh, well, I'd love to welcome in Zach Locks Parker from
3: Cooler, Georgia, near
0: Savannah. Hey. Welcome in, guys. Thanks oh, um, for being
3: with us. It's kind of hot in here. I'm blushing a little bit <laughs> after that intro. That was uh, that was pretty solid. Thanks there, Beef. Thank you, Marty. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm uh, I'm excited to be here. Very very excited. I I'd like to add like one thing. If you think about it, you've probably seen it like in cartoons and movies when you see the the main character trying to make a decision and there's an angel on one shoulder and there's a devil on the other shoulder. Um, Definitely not the angel when it comes to to, to beefs betting. So I'm, I'm usually the devil in the side going, yeah, go ahead and take that long shot. You can do it. You can get it. Yeah, that's that's kind of where this whole thing started for the two of us.
0: My long favorite run. thing, though, for, was was a little side story quick, real quick, was 60. Uh, we were playing Georgia Tech, and we were over under was like 70. And, and we were scoring. This was probably the Taj Boyd era and we were scoring like a hundred again. I mean it was we were scoring at will. We're coming back from 34, 35 points down. Georgia Tech ran that of offense we couldn't stop. So he's like bet the over, bet the over at halftime. I think it was like 7-6.
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah. So yeah. Was like that was case in point. That was yeah. That, that well, was in a nutshell. I I it was a lock at that
2: time. <laughs> Did you tell him lock over or lock under? And I mean, it could make a difference, right?
3: (laughs) I definitely picked over that day. Uh, Yeah.
2: So, you know, my fault.
3: Fortunately, uh, Beef's not known to, you know, lay down like hundreds of dollars. It's a little lower side, which is fine. But hey, there's nothing quite like gambling with someone else's money. I I love it personally.
2: (laughs) Well, and here's what I'm learning. Here's what I'm learning about Beef during this conversation. He said you never won, and he decided to name you Locks. I can't. What? What? What the hell?
0: <laughs> because he would always say it's a lock. It's, it's a lock. It's a lock. Lock. lock, it's it in. In. lock it yeah.
3: It's lock it in. Lock it in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, but I, uh, I promise, I've gotten better. In my, in my way better. Way better. <laughs> well,
2: <laughs> well well, there's no pressure being on the show talking about point spreads and having the name locks, so don't worry about it. <laughs> Nobody's gonna expect anything at whatsoever, right? Yep, All right. No <laughs> Welcome in, Zach. Hey Casey, uh you wanted to talk about some preseason rankings. You told me earlier in the week this was your favorite thing in the whole wide world, and you had maybe a twenty-second rant on it. This is,
0: my, this is my Manny Diaz. This to me is the Manny Diaz to you. Preseason polls prove that there's a bias out there, okay? If teams, there's always 19 SEC teams in, in the preseason poll. I know there's only 14 teams, but they always seem to. Uh, my point is see, this is where I always go off. I'm sorry. There's no reason for a preseason poll. I hate them. I know it's fodder. Every every blue check mark on Twitter tells me it's for fodder and they need to have something to start off, but it also starts a bias. So a Texas A&M team that starts out 3, say they lose their first two of their first three games. They're only going to drop to I don't know, 17, right? Rather than if they were 1 and 2 and they're up against other 1 and 2 teams at, after week 3 say or week 4 say, then then you balance them then. Because they start at three, they only drop to like fourteen. I just I'm using Texas A&M as an example. It doesn't matter who it is. It could be Clemson for all that matters. I just don't like preseason polls at all. It is literally the bane of my existence, and I could probably do
2: forty five minutes of talking to myself about it. You probably have. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing. I I agree with you a hundred percent because I always laugh at the you know. Hey, look, look on the end of the year, you'll see like Clemson beat number six, Texas A&M. But really, they were six and six, you know, the, but they were number three when they played in the second game of the year, because they beat Louisiana Lafayette 142 to six in the first game. So I agree with you. I, it doesn't quite bother me the way it bothers you. And that's probably because Clemson is, you know, near the top of those poles and typically doesn't lose anymore. That's a great point. It probably would have bothered me more in 2008 and eight and seven than it does today.
0: Well, and I think you're exactly right. I think that's when it's probably started for me, was that even back then when we started, there was a one year that Clemson started number nine and played in the uh, Peach Bowl. It was the preseason Peach Bowl against an Alabama team that was unranked. Now, Clemson got their doors blown off that day and didn't deserve to be ranked ninth. And they only dropped to like 18 or something like that. No, they should have been below, obviously, There's no reason to even put them at nine. It should have been level playing field. Obviously, Alabama's better because we don't know from year to year in college how good these teams are going to be. Yes, you know Trevor Lawrence is back for Clemson. You know Justin Fields is back. You think they're going to be good, but there's attrition. There's injuries. There's things that happen. There's kids that aren't playing this year. There's certain things that just go on that you can't. They're not apples to apples before the season starts. No, I know. I still have to step back and say, like I said before, it's fodder. It's something for us to talk about on this show. It's something for people on the Internet to argue about that. Why is Tennessee 17 to start out the year they lost to whoever they lost to last year, Georgia State? But I just can't stand it. I don't know when. I don't know what the answer is. I don't know when they should come out. Some people say week four. Some people say week six. Guess what? I know I have to deal with it. It's not ever going to change. That's just my rant.
2: Okay, Locks, you're used to Beef's rants. What about, is Beef right about this rant, or is he wrong? What's your thought?
3: I think he's wrong, because (laughs) personally, I love it. I mean, I do. I I think it's fantastic. Maybe it's it's part of me just because I like to see him riled up. But you got to have something to talk about. And, you know, he asked, like, when is the best time for this to start? The the best time for this to start is when the whistle blows at the last play of the national championship game. That is. Every year is when the not too early, way too early preseason football rankings out. and it happens every year, and it's not going to change because people like us, people like people that listen to the show, love college football, and they they're already looking forward to what could happen next year. You know, like Georgia fans, but you know, <laughs> it, three losses. One, <laughs> one thing that I, I want to mention though too it, it, with the with the preseason rankings, what is going on every year with Texas A and M? And their their preseason ranking. They start off so high last year, and, and like we've said, it carries through the season. They had five losses and were in the top twenty-five last year, were they not? And they did have a tough schedule. Uh they are already like preseason ranked, and like Phil Steele, I had them at like five or something like that. And that does carry some weight. So I don't understand what it is with AM, but I don't think they're that good this year. But
2: we'll here's see. the Here's the fun thing. Uh, they, got, they got this same ABC bump that uh, North Carolina got, almost beat Clemson. So uh, <laughs> got to be them. <laughs> yeah, ABC, almost beat Clemson. Uh, but here's the irony of this whole thing, this, and this is why this is hilarious. Beef is ranting about people talking about preseason polls can I ask you who put this on the agenda? Who <laughs> who, who decided we were gonna talk about this? The guy that didn't want to talk about it, that doesn't want anybody else to talk about it. Okay.
0: Yeah, I, I know. It just bothers me so much that sometimes you just I need to get things out. And so I'll put it on an agenda just to get it out there because it makes me feel a lot better. Like I, I I don't know why. It just it just riles me up so much and And it's that bias that Locks was talking about with Texas A&M. They had five losses. They had no business of being in the top twenty-five, but they lost. Almost beat Clemson. They lost by fourteen. Who we can? They dropped three spots. They they play. They lose to Alabama by thirty. They dropped six spots. But if they start at three, they can keep dropping six spots. And I'm not a math major, but they're still in the top twenty-five after four losses. So it just, it, it just, that's the stuff that they shouldn't have been in the top 25 after one loss maybe, or I, like I said, I don't know when you started it, but it's just, it's just, it's mind blowing to me. Well,
2: where are your therapy session beef? Go ahead and rent. We'll send I'm you, done. we'll need your copay. And, uh, <laughs> and, by, and I, I, I really, I, I do agree with you and, and this is a side Aside, uh, not on the agenda, but I, one year, I devised a system where every team started equal, and every week the teams were re-ranked based on who beat who, right? And I had it all figured out. I had a program running this thing, and it was great, and I forgot about it. I don't know. I couldn't find it when I went back to look it. But basically, in my system, everybody started equal, right? Yeah. So the first week you who no matter who you beat you only got credit for beating the average team because everybody was average they were in the middle and then it slowly worked its way out over the year maybe I need to go back to that someday when I don't have a, when I retire to the old folks home
0: I think that's my point though I think that's my point I think it is what makes a schedule strong is it I know, and I, I harp on the SEC, but they've been riding this narrative since Tim Tebow was at Florida that they are so strong. There was only a couple of years removed from the SEC East being the stock to college football, but they still ride the narrative that they're that they're high and mighty. So why why are we still riding that? The, the cream will rise to the top. The top four teams will rise to the top. The LSU last year, Clemson being on top, they rose to the top based on their schedule, based on their uh, their record you're you are who you who, what your record says you are so at zero and zero that you're already putting a bias in people's minds by putting even clemson at number one you're putting a bias that they're the number one team in the nation ohio state before they canceled in the big 10 you're putting them at number two alabama but are they we don't know yet that's the that's the thing like how how tough is the schedule that's what we don't really know that until week six what happens if Quarterbacks go down. Sage Sharrock's not playing at Wake Forest this year. Are they going to be any good? Are they going to have anybody that can catch the football for them this year? Uh, you know, we don't know. That's I'm done. I, I, I am really done this time.
2: <laughs> He's done,
0: done, Locks. Done, yeah. done.
2: And here's the good news. He won't have any opinion on our next topic, which is the SEC schedule, <laughs> which came out. Uh, a couple of days ago, now, I really don't have an opinion. Here's – well, I, I lied. I got one opinion. South Carolina, 3-7 over or under? Locks?
3: Um, I mean, look at the schedule. That is pretty dead on. There's not not a lot of hope in uh, Columbia, and that's Okay. <laughs>
0: I feel feel bad for them. I mean, I know. I don't know what these teams are going to be. But on paper, if I were to judge them for what I think they're going to be, three wins is going to be awful tough to get. But they'll probably surprise us and beat a team they shouldn't. And then they're going to go ahead and lose to a team that they shouldn't. But opening up with Tennessee, that's going to be a barometer for them right off the bat, I think. But as far as the schedule goes, nothing flew off the table with me. I did just get off the phone with a guy from Texas A&M and he had a little comment before he left uh, the conversation saying that they have two back-to-back games, one one with Florida and one with Alabama in week two and week three. That looks like they've, may struggle with otherwise their schedule that came out the last time that they released a new schedule, they looked like they, on paper, they would have been 10 and zero going into an LSU or an Alabama type game. So nothing flew off the table. I mean, the SEC is the SEC. They made it a deal the other night putting on the SEC network. I watched because what else was I going to do? <laughs> um, the SEC is the SEC.
2: Yeah, I was, uh, my only thought was uh, South Carolina got lucky because, you know, no non-conference games that I have to look out for Appalachian state or East Carolina or, or one of those places locks. And he takes on the sec schedule as a whole, besides the easy road for some of the higher end teams.
3: Yeah. I mean, I, I looked at it actually just before we started and it looked to me just by matchups of the top teams. I think Florida has the easiest path out of the, the higher grade teams out of Bama, out of, Georgia, Florida basically just has LSU at home and UGA in in Jacksonville. They don't have an Auburn. They don't have an Alabama. Whereas UGA has Auburn, uh, Bama, Tennessee, and Florida. You know, and the same kind of revolving door with uh, Bama has A uh, and M at home, which probably isn't going to be a big deal. UGA at LSU and Auburn. So with Florida, with just two of the higher, you know, ranked teams or you know, higher ranked opponents, I think they have an easier path. Quite honestly, they, it's all going to come down to the the game versus Georgia, which it usually does. But if they can pull that off, they may end up in the championship game.
2: Yeah. They, there is a lot of love for Florida out there. And there's somebody on our, in our little Facebook group, uh, that really was, um, pushing Florida last night. I think it was, and I'm not a believer in Florida, but listening to you and, have to take the schedule into consideration. Maybe, maybe I should be a believer.
3: The one thing that I think is strange this year is home field advantage. Is there going to really be a home field advantage? I mean, the, the, the crowd's not going to be as large or if even at all. Uh, the only thing you have to really worry about is travel and it's a conference schedule. So you're not going to go terribly far. It's just going to be a little bit inconvenient. You know, that that would be it. But, so it's really gonna I mean, be pretty much even fields uh, everywhere you go. So uh, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. But it, yeah, I mean that's the only thing that stuck out to me was was Florida. I'm not high on them or anything, but it's just one thing that I saw. Maybe heat might be the only home field
0: advantage, but in the SEC, a lot of teams are playing in the Southeast. So, but that Florida Gator Stadium, the Swamp, that's named the Swamp for a reason. It has. I don't think I think it has very little to do with the actual alligators where they live. It is it is swampy in that place.
2: And speaking of no fans, uh, I have already asked the question, is it going to be the same watching on TV with it totally quiet when you know there's a one-handed grab on the sideline with three seconds to go in a tie game, you know, in field goal range. It's just gonna be totally weird. I don't notice it so much in the baseball games because I mean it's baseball, right? And it's totally different. But I I think we're going to notice it a lot more in football. And God, please let the announcers talk about football and not what they have on the wall behind them at home or or whatever cave they're in. Um, I I it's it's going to be wild in a calm way. If that makes any sense whatsoever. Hey, let's talk about a real schedule, fellas. Oof. Clemson announced that they're taking on the Citadel this year. So that's the non-conference game. I'm sure Clemson would have much rather had South Carolina on the schedule, but, you know, SEC didn't see fit to allow their teams to play a non-conference game. So at least we keep the traditional uh, FCF's foe in state, and they're agreeing to the ACC medical protocols and all that. Beef. I know you probably don't have much of a take on this game, but tell me what you're thinking.
0: weren't they on the schedule already, the original schedule? But when that yes. came out
2: in November, yes. And that
0: and, and good because <laughs> that's my take on this. Is I, I like the fact that they're sticking to the original contract. That it is a payday for the Citadel to come to Death Valley and play. No, no fans. So or no, very little fans as as far as we know right now. I keep it in in state helping the little guy out, those kids, they normally play it pretty well. And for a little while anyway, I mean, those kids are athletes. Uh, I just, I like the game. I I do. Um, Is it it an easy one that that Clemson should win by 60? Yeah, it is. But you know what, give give everyone an an opportunity. Give those Citadel kids an opportunity to play a big boy that they were going to lose out on this year. And then give uh, the third and fourth string Clemson guys that weren't going to play much in some of the bigger games a chance to play more I
2: hey hey uh beef don't tell south carolina this is an easy game please because you know <laughs> they've traditionally struggled with the southern conference uh bulldogs locks any any thoughts
3: and same i agree uh it's great to keep it in in the state uh you know what were the choices south carolina state Furman, citadel i mean it's it's fine and and it it is a big deal with these smaller schools to the kids at the smaller schools coming into playing in death Valley. You know, they may get that opportunity once every four years or, or however the rotation is for, for these, uh, lower tier games. But, uh, it's cool that they at least are going to get the the opportunity to come in. So yeah, it'll it'll be fun to see. I'm glad they decided it and we're, we're moving on, you know, keeping the the schedule and the rotation going.
2: Yeah, I think that was originally supposed to be the, the military weekend at, at Clemson, the, the military game, uh, Appreciation Day, and it makes sense to, to keep them on the schedule. and I'm, I'm glad it worked out that way. Okay, Lox, it's now your time to shine. We're going to talk about conference champions uh, and playoffs and national champions. We're going to start out with the ACC. I'll start off on this one. Just so give you all time to think about who's going to win the ACC, all the possibilities, projections, all 15 teams, Clemson. I say Clemson. Beef?
0: Well, I looked pretty deep at this one, so deep that I didn't look at it at all. Uh, I just – unfortunately, I tried. I wanted to be a little different, go against the grain, put it out there, get some fodder on, on our discussion group, call me an idiot, whatever it may be. I couldn't find it here at the ACC. I just can't. I think Clemson just is dominant at every position. I don't care about the turnover uh, and all of the attrition that they lost, even with losing an Isaiah Simmons. I think they're just they're they're at the point where they're just reloading, and we just don't know some of the names that we're going to know by the end of the season. So I I think it's all Clemson in the ACC.
2: Hey, hey speaking of the discussion group, ninety-eight uh, percent chose Clemson. There was only one non-Clemson vote, some lunatic. I think he was just uh, goofing around. Not sure who that was. (laughs) Beef. (laughs) It was the beef. 98% chose Clemson. Now, all of these polls are skewed toward Clemson because most of the folks in that group are Clemson. We're trying to to promote it to folks outside of Clemson because we want a a rounded group and and more opinions than just Clemson folk. But 98% chose Clemson. You and I chose Clemson and now we're going to get the lock. Locks, ACC well, champion. Yeah,
3: you know, I, I'm, I'm going to go along the, the same lines here, but a, a little twist to it. I think uh, I Clemson is getting lucky that they're going to Notre Dame with little to no fans. Uh, this would probably be what one of the largest uh, regular season games that they've had in I mean, quite some time away uh so getting getting that stadium that what uh, holds probably over 100,000 i think a rabid drunk irish uh <laughs> faithful in there i think is 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 lucky and you know let's not forget too, Notre Dame is a very good team too returning uh you know Ian Book uh had a solid year last year a little letdown but he's uh, you know a, a seasoned quarterback uh and they also return their offensive line Uh, I look for the regular season game to be very close. uh, And I also look for them to also both play each other in the ACC championship and Clemson to win it. But I think both games will be tight and that will come
2: into play later. So no, Ooh, (laughs) that's what you call a tease folks. So, uh, so nobody's given any crease to some of the, uh, some of the, teams that are getting a, a lot of pub in the offseason, like North Carolina. and I've even heard some Pittsburgh talk.
0: I tried. I, I really did try. I looked hard at North Carolina. I didn't look at Pittsburgh. I skipped right over them because I'm here in Virginia tech also. And I'm also here in a little Miami. And I think that has a lot to do with the Eric King. Uh, but I, tr- I literally tried, I tried to look at no- North Carolina going line by line, position by position. And, yes, Sam Howell is as talented as they come as far as a quarterback, and he's a sophomore. He's going to probably take a step up from where he was last year, and he was very good. I still don't think they match up well with Clemson. I think that was – a they caught Clemson napping a little bit, reading their press clippings and all those other cliches last year. I don't think that's going to happen again if they meet up.
2: They're getting the the ABC bump. Locks, what you got? North Carolina, Pittsburgh? Any thoughts?
3: I, you know, I, I would have mentioned North Carolina last year. They did finish seven and six. Uh, that, that surprised me. Actually, I thought they had at least eight wins, but they didn't. But those six losses, uh, they only lost by seven points or less than all six of those losses. So they were a good team. There might have been a lot of shine with, you know, Mac Brown's first year, rah-rah, rally around the coach. Plus, obviously, their quarterback, like Beef said, is is great and up-and-coming. But – I agree. They just they don't match up uh, enough to, to really pose a real threat, I don't think. So, yeah, I, and I didn't look at Pittsburgh either. I don't <laughs> see that one coming in.
2: OK, uh, uh, Beef, I got to get something straight with you right now. If, if Locks is going to be a regular contributor, he cannot do research. That is not allowed. <laughs> <laughs> My we, bad. we don't do research on this show, Locks. We just throw crap against <laughs> the wall and see what sticks. I'm just joking. I got some research coming up in just a minute. There's another tease. All right, SEC. Looked like Alabama and Georgia were the two really big considerations here. A little bit of Florida love. Locks, uh might be choosing Florida. Um, I went with Alabama because I, you know, I think they're really, really good. And I, Kirby Smart hasn't proved to me he knows when to punt yet. So until that happens, I'm going to go with Alabama. What you got, Beef?
0: I'm going off the grid, completely off the grid here, and probably off my rocker, but hear me out. I'm picking Texas A&M to win the SEC. Marty about spit his water out of his mouth right there.
2: Wait a second. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You just spent 15 minutes ranting about them being bag number three.
0: I just like – so I was trying to go against the grain. Let's just Let's let the cat out of the bag, pull the curtain back, whatever it may be. Yes. Alabama, Georgia, all those boys. I was looking for something different. I was honestly looking for something different in the ACC. I didn't find it. Um, like I speak about how I always look at the opponents of the Clemson and always build them up a little bit the week of the game. I'm doing that here with Texas a and I did some research earlier. Their defense is getting perennially better every it's perennially every year. They're getting better. Uh, they need to be somewhat solid. They were in the top half of the SEC total last year at eighth. No, at seventh, and they and they were eighth the year before, so they're moving up. Maybe this year will be sixth. They return uh their top four tacklers on defense. Seven of the top eight of their defense is back. All seniors and juniors, experience on the on the on the last level, the DBs, the safeties. Their senior quarterback, Kellen Mond. I don't like him at all, but he's a senior. He's played 36 game's a starter i love spiller because he wears number 28 and he's a running back for them they have their leading receiver coming back and the schedule other than week one other than week two and week three which i discussed before with alabama and florida lines up perfectly for them so if they can squeak by those games now that's tough they could be truthfully they have open with vandy blowout alabama florida then they have mississippi state arkansas south carolina tennessee Ole miss before they play lsu I just think if it lines up really well for them. I'm picking them to win the SEC. Write let, it down. Let, Put it let, up on the
2: page. Let me summarize. Other than Florida and Alabama back to back and a terrible quarterback, <laughs> <laughs> they're looking good. Hey, Kellen Bond's a great quarterback when you're down 27 to 3. When it's 27 to 24, not so good. No, no. Locks. He
0: misses
3: all his targets when he's down uh, by 3.
2: <laughs> Locks, what you got for the
3: SEC? Beef. Don't put any money down on that game. Um, <laughs> uh, the future's bet there, please. For I'm sorry. I just, I, they're perennial they're just jokers. I, and I'll tell you, you talk about a school that's really going to hate uh, missing their home crowd. That place is berserk, you know, and not having them all there is it's, it's going to hurt them. But let's just stop talking about Texas A&M. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, I'm in Georgia. Uh, I'm surrounded by Georgia people all the time uh, that pumped their tires, uh, at my, my office, uh, constantly, uh, you know, this schedule came out and it was like, well, you we're know, going week two, we got the week four hours. Like, oh, here we go. You know? So that being said, uh, I think there's a lot of pressure on UGA. I do. Uh, like you said, Kirby smart, you know, for, for everything that he's known for, it, it hasn't been a championship yet. And I don't think this is the year either. Um, I I think UGA's schedule is tough. Uh, not a lot of people are talking about Auburn. I think Auburn could get them early too. Uh, they're at Alabama. I think that's a loss. I think you can count Georgia out of the national out of the SEC championship game. And, and like I said earlier, at. I do see Florida um, with an easier path there. I could see I see uh, Alabama playing Florida. Alabama taking at home, uh, which is no big surprise. But I think Florida. I'm, I guess i I don't really have a dog in a fight, but i I just I think they're gonna be better off in Florida I mean than than Georgia in this case.
1: So, wow, yeah. Um,
3: yeah, yeah, I'll take a uh, take them All
2: right, so Alabama, Florida, and you picked Alabama to win seventy two percent of the folks on the discussion board also picked Alabama. Not surprisingly, the closest poll uh, of the three conferences that manned up and are playing was the big twelve. Oklahoma got fifty six percent of the vote. They got my vote. And this is another one for me. Until Texas does it, or until they get that nine-star quarterback that just committed to them, until he's in <laughs> there actually playing, I'm taking Oklahoma until I see something different. Do you realize how many – I don't know off the top of my head, but do you realize how many uh, Big 12 titles Oklahoma has compared to Texas probably in the last 15 years? I bet it's like 13 to 2. I'll take Oklahoma in wow. the Big 12. Who you got, Beef?
0: Well – I, I didn't know if anybody knows this, but there's other teams in the Big 12 other than Oklahoma and Texas.
2: There is. But
0: I decided to pick Oklahoma State. 19 returning, returning starters, including probably arguably one of the best running backs in the country in Chuba Hubbard. They got eight returners on offense. Spencer Sanders, he had a good first year. He's coming back. They don't play defense, so I didn't even look at Oklahoma State's defense. I love Mike Gundy. Well, I did before he was ignorant this past year. Uh, their wide receiver Tylon Wallace is the stud. I just, I, I just uh, going against the grain again because I don't want to talk about the
2: same old, same old. And I'm picking Oklahoma State. That is what that's called bad betting. <laughs> now we know why I always lost, right? Just want to be different, okay, Locks? Who you got? Bring some sense back to this conversation, Locks.
3: It's Oklahoma. And then and, and I couldn't look any other way to like beef said, but it's not Texas playing them in the, cha- in the, in the championship game. It's it's, it is Oklahoma state. I agree. chuba Hubbard is awesome. Uh, they do have, like you said, 19 returning starters, Uh, seasoned seasoned veteran team. Um, And I just, I, Texas is going to have to do something to make me believe I got high on about Two years ago, I uh, felt really good. I started following them, picking them, and they let me down. Like four out of five games in the year, and and, and, and like every time I picked them to win, they would lose. Every time they would lose, I picked them to win. Like a bunch of vice versa. So I'm still not a believer in Texas. Maybe this is their year, but I just don't see it. They don't. They're like Clemson when Clemson was Clemsony. Exactly. Is that a, is that a sentence? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know what I mean. Yeah. It, it was. That's that. They're. Texas it's just it's just not there yet. So
2: Tex- Texas for me is like Georgia for you. I I live, you know, a few miles from DKR and you hear all this stuff every year and how great it's gonna be. Let me spit some facts for you. Guess how many Big 12 titles Texas has won since the conference was started in
1: 1996? Do, 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 One? Do, do, do.
2: Very close. <laughs> It's nice. three. It's three. Okay. They won the first one in 96. Of course, they won in 2005 when they won the national championship, and they won in 2009. Wow. wow. Oklahoma's won the last five in 12 overall. So good luck with your bet there. And Oklahoma State, Casey, has won, and that was in 2011. I'm even surprised at that. Wow. What was
0: that, Michael Crabtree? I know that he was Texas Tech. I don't even remember who was on that team in 2011. <laughs> But anyway, hey Parker here for our history and our show historian. and tell me who was on that 2011 Oklahoma State team.
2: Okay, so we've made our we've made our uh, conference picks, and uh, I'll put those up on a social media graphic for everybody to laugh at and make fun of us because that's <laughs> oh, no. what we do here. <laughs> but, and to put them they out there for perpetuity. Can I say that without without uh, screwing it up? Obviously not. Hey, I'm gonna spit some facts at you guys. We talked playoffs now. I did some Zach. Locks Parker research here. Interesting facts. 71% of playoff teams have been named Clemson, Alabama, Oklahoma, or Ohio State. So we can take out Ohio State out of there, right? Yes. This is even better one. 67% of the champions, and we're talking the playoff era here, and 67% of the runners-up have either been named Clemson or Alabama. (laughs) So – Big 12 and Pac-12 teams have a combined record of 1-6 in the playoff era. And, of course, Oklahoma leads out with their big fat 0-4. Oregon, when the first ever playoff game, Pac-12 hadn't won another one since. They haven't had many opportunities, but they still haven't won any. So we talk about crazy, wild, and nutty college football. Every year, we end up with the same teams. It doesn't matter if Casey picks Texas A&M or Oklahoma <laughs> State. We're going to have the same teams. Right? My playoff picks are this. One seed close to two, Alabama, three, Oklahoma. And I say Georgia sneaks in as the fourth seed. And Locks and I are already going against each other here. Um, let's start there. Casey, who's your four playoff teams?
0: Fun fact, I was in attendance to that Oregon victory at the Rose Bowl against Florida State in 2014. But my four – playoff teams are as asinine as my picks (laughs) i have clemson oklahoma state obviously for winning the big 12 texas a&m obviously for picking the the winning the sec and florida
2: Hmm. you know what i say about that you should let locks make your picks (laughs) because i don't think that's what he would pick locks what you got I
3: think I'd probably take one of those four there, Beef. Uh, <laughs> I'll let you decide which one. Um, I, I'm pretty well in line with you, Marty. Uh, one, Clemson. Two, Bama. Three, Oklahoma. Four, Notre Dame. Uh, I think this could be the year that Clemson loses to Notre Dame at Notre Dame. That being a one-loss Notre Dame when Clemson comes back and beats them in the championship game is going to get into the fourth spot. And then Clemson is going to play Notre Dame three times this year because they'll play one versus four.
2: Oh, man. I, that? I hate it, but I love it. Yeah. It's, just, <laughs> that's, it's a
3: different outcome. I, I don't know. It, it could seriously happen, too, I think. I could be completely wrong. It could be Florida instead of Notre Dame. Um, I just don't think it's going to be Georgia, though.
2: Has there ever been a time that a college football team played another three times in a year?
3: I really don't know. That, that's I, a great one to look up.
2: I'm thinking maybe uh, back in 1894 when it was Yale and – Yale and Harvard were two of the three college football teams. that like, probably played each other each week, right? <laughs> yeah. Beef, what do you think about Locke's playoff picks?
0: Oh, they're, they're perfect. He He was different <laughs> in the way that I wanted to be different, although – and I wasn't different, but – uh, makes a lot of sense i i don't like losing to notre dame in anything especially where i am located geographically no i'm not in the midwest but everyone knows somebody who knew somebody who met somebody whose brother's sister's uncle went to notre dame and that's why they're a fan here a lot of irish catholics here in the northeast so they they jump aboard so i have to hear about them all the time um but the one team that i don't want to lose to is them uh, but and I like it I like the scenario it, it works this year right Marty you didn't like the fact that they're, they they could play for the ACC champion
2: <laughs> yeah box well,
0: Lock, basically said they're winning the ACC championship and then there's in the bowl.
2: yeah that would be I would be beef mad <laughs> if <laughs> uh if if Notre Dame walked in and won the ACC championship, That would just cap off 2020, right? Like, it's perfect. It's just been one of those years. The Facebook group picked uh, Georgia at 59% to be the fourth playoff team. But interestingly enough, Casey, Oklahoma State was second in that poll at 22%. So some folks are thinking along with you, and that scares me to even say it out loud. Hey, got uh, my
0: army! Before too long, on the Facebook <laughs>
2: group, the base army, right here, right. In my semifinal, I had uh, Clemson over Georgia and Alabama over Oklahoma, which uh, which everybody, which the Facebook group agreed with. Ninety two percent on Clemson over Georgia, ninety five percent Alabama over Oklahoma. I'm surprised it was only ninety five percent because Oklahoma cannot stay with Alabama, uh, and in the championship game. Uh, it was Clemson over Alabama, 95%. Like, okay, we're skewed toward Clemson on the Facebook group. We know that, but we're trying to get better. I asked them to please pick who you think will win the game, not who you want to win the game. I think Locks was one of the folks who picked Alabama. I'll take Clemson, but not at a 95% confidence interval. <laughs> who do you have in the championship, Casey, in your wild scenario fantasy <laughs> fantasy world you live in?
0: I had Clemson beating Florida, Oklahoma State beating Texas A and M, so Clemson and Oklahoma State in the final.
2: Who you got with it?
0: Oh, Clemson! I'm sorry.
2: Yeah. No worries. I,
0: I, I went
3: okay. back to the back to the home. Right. You know, rises to, to the
2: top thing. Back to
3: reality. Davo Dabble will ride a unicorn up onto the uh, stairs to to get the trophy.
2: <laughs> Lots, you're not. Remind me of your picks in the in the semifinal locks.
3: I I have uh, Clemson playing uh, Notre Dame uh, for the third time, and uh, Clemson winning the game. Uh, and Alabama playing Oklahoma. Alabama winning the game. Clemson. Alabama. Part 11-y, Uh And I'll take uh, Clemson to uh, oh. take it home.
2: You know, okay, okay, here's the shocker. All three of us took Clemson, right? We got about there in weirdly different ways with YouTube going another name three times in Oklahoma State. And, okay, but we got there, right? We all got to the same place. Clemson, we predicting a national champion. And I'll be honest, I talked to Casey about this before we started recording. Up until last week, my pick for the national champion was going to be Ohio State you guys agree or disagree? Casey?
0: Uh, I agree wholeheartedly, and I think uh, that game would have scared me anyway, regardless of, of who they were. But to play them again, as hungry as they are, as much as they had coming back, Justin Fields, you know, Dan Hope a couple weeks ago told, told us about the scoreboard that they have in the locker room that they were looking at every day. I, I just think they were loaded on both sides of the ball. Even without Chase Young, they were probably going to be better on the defensive side of the ball than they were last year. And like you and I talked about pre-show, they were as they beat Clemson up and down the field physically through the first I don't know 32 minutes of that game. Uh, yeah, I think that was a safe bet to say Oklahoma, uh, Ohio State was it was going to be the favorite.
3: Locks. Yeah. Uh wholeheartedly agree and and i'm glad to see that the big pen's not playing because <laughs> I, I grew up in ohio too for the first 18 years of my life and i still have plenty of people that uh would have loved to uh hit me up in some type of message through facebook or on text and uh rub that in my face because there were some fighting words uh at the end of the game last year <laughs> so uh yeah i wasn't looking forward to a rematch at all
2: uh, yeah but. It is. it is what it is. Uh, apparently, they haven't told any of the they, – they had a secret vote, and didn't tell any of the coaches and athletic directors in the Big Ten. And we we're thankful for that because there might have been some pushback if, if they had. Hey, I mentioned I'm going to do a social media graphic for this, and we are going to make picks during the season. As you can see, we have a rollicking good time when we have locks on the, uh, on the podcast, on the show. And we're going to be playing for charities. Casey's going to be playing for the National MS Society. I'm going to be playing for Partnerships for Children, and Zach Locks Parker will be playing for the Georgia Animal Rescue and Defense. It's it's a winner take all or a winner's charity take all. We're going to all donate a agreed upon amount of money and donate it to the winner's charity. And I appreciate you guys agreeing to do that. It just makes it a little more fun, and you know, while we're doing some good instead of just shooting the bull here on this podcast
3: sounds good i don't know how we can i was gonna say my my charity is already looking forward to your money
2: (laughs) and and if it was up to well i was gonna say it was up to my wife she'd be giving money to an animal fund too we've got every animal rescued that i think has ever been rescued is in this house somewhere but casey um I appreciate you and Locks agreeing to do that for me. It just, it seems like the right thing to do. Uh, we can all afford a, a dollar or two to uh, help a good calls out.
0: Absolutely. And I, I, I don't know how we can do it, but we'd love to get the, the Facebook group in, involved as well. Maybe not even financially, just to get us uh, give us some competition, I guess. Uh, obviously it's going to be the three of us at the end of it, but to vote on what we're doing or or give your own picks for the week, beat, beat the hosts kind of thing. Uh, But yeah, I look forward to it and it is for great causes and and ones that are near and dear to each of us. So uh, I'm looking forward to it as well. Uh, That's one of the reasons I really want college football other than selfishly because I love it and that's what I do on Saturdays. But it will be nice and I'll make a little bit more, uh, probably better picks during the season. Um, Otherwise, the National MS Society is not going to receive it. (laughs) That's not the point. So.
2: No okay. doubt, no doubt. All for good. All for good causes. And a lot of fun and just competition between the three of us. As, as you can see from the first show, we're going to have a good time. Hey, before we go, Casey, I wanted to mention uh, Terje and the guys at the Pit Boss Sauce Company, and once again, thank Ellis Tolbert over at Fourth and Sixteen Sports. Uh, his show, Samicast, uh, every Tuesday on Southern You Reserve. What a great guest, a great guy, very knowledgeable about football. Those two guys are rock solid and uh, we appreciate having them along for the ride.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I love having Thursday uh, be I, I was I got a badge today for one of the top uh, top supporters on his Facebook page. so I appreciate that and we do love his sauces. I mean it's, it's tough to not pimp something out when you don't like it. Uh, we actually really thoroughly enjoy it. So I'm happy that he's involved with us. We're involved with him. And then obviously Ellis Tolbert, I was blowing smoke up his tail for the entire 45 minutes last week. I thoroughly enjoy his stuff. Love that people support him. And, and of course we could always use more.
2: Well, and here's the thing. we I put those two in contact after the show last week. They're 1.7 miles apart. Had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Physically 1.7 miles apart. In Greenville, South Carolina. So both those are good guys and uh, good sauce and a good show. Zach Locks, Parker, thanks for joining us tonight. Appreciate it, Zach. Thanks for having me. Casey, we're going to let Judd take us out. But before that, Producer Amy would like to hear from you.
3: Producer Amy, how'd we do tonight?
1: I think that sounds pretty good. They never call me Mr. Touchdown. And I could not hit the curve. Just a classical bench warmer Just a seldom used reserve If I could nail a jump shot Or somehow hit the ball I could have been a real contender Not A, never was at all To somehow keep from getting cut The only role I ever served Never got to be a starter Just a seldom used reserve